0: So, usually, at the beginning of the episode, I put, you know, some of the funnier bits from the episode or something there to introduce us. But this week, I actually wanted to sit down and just kind of put in that you're going to hear a lot of audio uh, inconsistency this week. Um, both Antonio and I are using and started using new equipment. Um, there was a learning curve with one of us who is the one recording this currently. But... It is what it is. Moving forward, audio quality will be better. I'm actually recording on said equipment. Um, It was also recorded over a matter of a couple of days due to some inconsistencies with the recording saving. But it is what it is, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: And welcome to the show. And if this voice sounds oddly familiar, it's because I am Antonio, your co-host, and I am back. Thank you all for your patience. I was out with a minor heart condition, but I am all right now. And uh, alongside Corey, we are uh, back to normal scheduling. Yeah,
0: well, normal rotation and scheduling 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 is always
1: schedule. tenuous. Uh, but, right, but we are, but we are back. Uh, you get your dream so team back. We
0: still suck at scheduling, my friend. But let me tell you, yeah, I mean, thank you, Mister Junkie, for jumping in last episode and co-hosting, and us going forever about wrestling at the end there. Thank you all for listening. To I totally, it, totally appreciate it response, the response. So, Mister Junkie is a, always happy to step in, and
1: he was wishing you well during that one as well. Yeah. I appreciate it, but uh, yeah. So, so here we are. We are uh, diving into uh, new topics. So uh what what do you what oh my goodness yeah what a what a weird couple of weeks has been in the in the nerdverse let's let's let let me just go out and
0: say that you missed the episode and in the interim the russians claimed venus what the fuck
1: i mean look they're more than welcome to have it if they want to set foot on that shit then by all means like i i invite them to create the kind of technology that is required to survive such extreme temperatures and sulfuric acid rain uh and if they do by all means please share it with the world in a properly communistic fashion
0: absolutely share it with the world but i think it's funny that they claim venus after it's been reported that gas that's released from like decomposition was found so like organic matter decomposes and releases a gas and they found that in on venus
1: yeah who would have thought that organic matter that's surrounded by yeah organic matter surrounded by you know Boiling atmospheric temperatures and sulfuric rain is, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, we found trace amounts of uh, organic material. We totally want that whole planet. You know what, Russia? You can have Venus. We'll
0: take Mars. Mars can be American.
1: (laughs) Great. A desert wasteland to actually highlight the post-apocalyptic fucking hellhole that we're going to inherit after the next nuclear war. Totally. Yeah, that's, that's not foreshadowing at all.
0: Nope, not at all. (laughs) <laughs> the Russians. There was other space news, too, so we're going to cover that first. Um, the other <sighs> cool thing that I saw was they moved the ISS to avoid something we've talked about a lot.
1: Space More junk. space junk.
0: And I can only imagine the technical achievement it is to move the entire space station while weightless. It's still heavy. I, I had read that they used a, the Soyuz capsule that was actually attached to it to move it interesting and yeah i thought i mean that's cool they don't they were saying that it's actually they, they've they done it before where they've had to move it out of the way and it can withstand small stuff but just to think the size of the space junk up there and there's more every day and they're having to move an entire space station
1: yeah for sure but you know that's not the first time it's happened though i believe there was uh an incident fairly recently within the last year or so where uh there was one of not damn it, not a Starlink satellite, but I believe it was a SpaceX satellite and uh, one of the governmental international satellites that were on a collision course with it and basically SpaceX refused to move. They're like, No, we don't care. Well, like you're gonna have to move your satellite, and they're like, No, like we're the government, like you need to move your satellite. He's like, nah, we don't care. Yeah, we launched it up there, you owe us.
0: That eh, doesn't surprise me though. Um any other space news i don't I don't think that was anything else that popped up other than those that really piqued my interest
1: uh, i believe so i've I've got a couple of limited reports here, so on this one uh ground control attempted to contact a major Tom uh to let him know to take his protein pills and put his helmet on uh, so there's that uh let's see let's see uh yeah that's that's kind of all I've got for the moment uh. <sighs> Well, can you hear
0: me, Major Tom? Can Major Tom hear us? Did he report back to ground control?
1: Eventually, I think he did, but I mean, he's he's really busy, kind of floating in his tin can far above the world. Uh, but we last last we heard, planet Earth was blue, and there was nothing Anything, he could do. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Not Not, not a not a, not a thing. Not a thing. Uh, please don't sue us. Whoever owns David Bowie's estate, uh, I think that would be his son Duncan Jones, the director of the Warcraft movie. Well, there, there, there we are. That movie sucked, by the way. You should have totally included a loading screen uh, and a logout. But you know, f- fuck that, right? I guess they don't know. So, Antonio, during the interim, I've heard you've been keeping yourself entertained. Uh, I mean, yeah, for the most part, I've uh, I've been delving a lot more into my artwork. Uh, personally, and I and I have to ashamedly say, and it's it's ashamedly not ashamedly, um. For the past couple weeks, I've actually taken quite a personal step back from my video game usage. Uh, I think I maybe played one round of Everspace in the past. Wow. Honestly, I never thought in my entire life, in almost 30-plus years of playing video games, that I would say that I took, like... I mean, aside from the time that I was overseas, but even then, I still play video games a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I've taken almost a month away from video games as a whole. Um i've been I've been riding my bike a lot uh, through local parks and uh, different you know hiking and camping areas. Um, doing a lot of artwork, uh, yeah, a lot of reading. Um, I mean, <laughs> as far as the stuff I've been reading, uh, none of it's even like sci-fi stuff per se. I, I have been I've been trying to finish my one of my more recent Michio Kaku book, um which is the physics of the future. Uh, good book, by the way, if you guys are interested in that kind of thing, uh, I've also been let's see, I read uh, the Herman Hesse classic, Siddhartha, uh, excellent book on personal growth and just kind of life in general. Uh, and if you guys are into, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about it specifically, but if you're into alternative personal relationship literature, uh, you then, then you know, by all means, leave a, leave a comment somewhere uh, on our page and uh, maybe we can discuss that kind of literature, but that's not really something that we, it's, it doesn't fall in the
0: yeah, I mean, I've been looking at some of the stuff of your your Instagram I don't it's, it's kind of hard to come back to that when you haven't been playing games to be like, well, this is what I've been playing. and instead it's easy to say that you know I've actually been looking on Instagram and I don't admittedly use Instagram much. you've seen how often we post as a podcast, and if you follow my personal page, you'll see that I really don't post much. But the one thing I have seen is from your Instagram, your bike ride time lapses, which are yeah, those are a nice little watch. You set them up to some music, and it's nice to see the adventures you take on your on your bicycle. So, something else that had happened while you were
1: out: Mario thirty fifth anniversary Nintendo Direct. Yeah, I did see that. I was. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings, of course, as I tend to do when it comes to Switch releases on whether or not I'm going to spend sixty dollars on things that are thirty years old again.
0: Right. I mean, that's kind of my thought. Like, so. Not only we're not, but we're not only getting just the one port. We're getting four ports from this, and one of them's already released as of time this will come out. So let's dive into that real quick. We had them talk about the Super Mario Three D All Stars Collection, which is combining Super Mario sixty four, Sunshine, and Galaxy into one collection of games for sixty bucks with no improvements made to them, controls changed to work on modern consoles, and they look awful. Do they really? I, I don't think that N64 translates well to HD graphics, and make, trying to make the port look HD without doing a graphical overhaul on a game like 64, which is almost 30 years old, it's it's hard to look at. It, it doesn't age as well as you'd think it would. Sunshine still looks like Sunshine from what I've seen, um, and Galaxy looks like Galaxy, but at the same time, I already own these games.
1: It's true. I still have a working Wave. GameCube, so I I still have a working GameCube, so I don't really have a need for a Switch cartridge of you know Sunshine. Exactly, and then we're getting Super Mario 3D
0: World ported over to the Switch as well, which I think is now all of the Mario games that came out on the Wii U have now been ported to Switch.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I was never in, I, I never owned a Wii or a Wii U, so I didn't get into that universe.
0: Well, I have the Wii U, so I can tell you a lot of the Switch's library is... There's a lot of Wii U ports on the Switch, and I have Mario 3D World on my Switch. It's a great game. It's not worth a $60 rebuy. The only thing that came out of this I liked was the Game & Watch. The Mario 35th Anniversary Game & Watch that plays Mario 1 and Mario 2. And not the Mario 2 we know as Mario 2, but the quote-unquote lost levels. Okay. And it's just going to be... I I don't know the price, but it's going to be a color screen. Game & Watch that plays the two full Mario games. That's a cool product. That is something I would buy for Nintendo from Nintendo for Mario's 35th. Not interesting ports of games I've played hundreds of times for years. But I guess it also seems to be a trend with Nintendo lately, though. There's been ports. There's been a lot of ports.
1: Well, Nintendo's been really making a lot of their money on nostalgia. But the problem is, you know, as, as wonderful as nostalgia is, it's only going to go so far.
0: Well, I mean, they're banging on the buck that we're going to buy these games for the convenience of introducing them to our children. But, you know, a lot of gamers are at least maybe we're maybe we're just a select few that have those have ways of playing those old games on original or close to original hardware. Because I don't still have a GameCube, but I have the first generation Wii that played GameCube games. Right. So I didn't keep my GameCube because that could play it all
1: interesting i didn't even know that was a function of the Wii.
0: yes so the original wii that came out like right when they launched actually is backward compatible if you flip open the top it has two memory card slots and four controller slots for GameCube huh. controllers and the memory cards and it reads gamecube games it's the last backwards compatible console nintendo released well i guess not i guess the, the only one back- well technically the wii use backwards compatible with the wii
1: Okay, I was going to say, like when you say like the last, and you think about it, I'm like, Nintendo really has never been one for backwards compatibility. The SNES no, could not it, play NES games. Uh, game Boy, no, well, was, actually, no, that's not true. Game Boy's, actually. Game Boy's tend to be pretty I backwards compatible.
0: They're handheld lines, for sure. So Because the D, the 3DS could play DS games. The DS could play Game Boy Advance games. The Game Boy Advance could play any Game Boy game. Game Boy Color could play coloring Game Boy games. Yep. So, yeah, I guess in the handheld world, Nintendo is backwards compatible. But in the console space, they never really were up until the Wii, Wii U, and they went away from it real quick after.
1: Wee 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 wee. I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what
0: that reminds me of, though. It's the we would like to play, we you like to play. What? Oh, Nintendo. Goodness. But we won't stop harping on Nintendo now because we're going to jump into one of my new favorite segments of the podcast. I'm going to call hashtag Should Have Been a DLC. Oh man. And we're going to talk. About the newest announced Legend of Zelda game. Zelda. It's pretty sus, bro. The Age of Calamity done by Koei Tecmo in the styles of Hyrule Warriors. This, I don't see a point to telling me a story that we kind of already know. We know the Calamity Gan, We know Ganon came and the champions and Link and Zelda and the Guardians and the Divine Beasts all fell. Do we really need to play the game that shows us that?
1: uh yeah exactly i mean and also the you know considering that we're getting a roster of what like between maybe six and eight characters maybe and then like it's still gonna be a 60 dollar game
0: right i would assume you'd have the four champions link zelda and impa which they've announced impa as of tokyo game show she looks just like her granddaughter does so no surprise there to all of y'all who act surprised it isn't um and daruka's confirmed player
1: i mean that's cool you know but it's I, I don't see it being as expansive as the original Hyrule Warriors, like, which, which, is, which is a freaking immense game for, for what it is.
0: I mean, exactly. And if they try to be that way, I just don't, I don't understand the point of it, other than the fact that Dynasty Warriors is coming up on like its 20th or 25th anniversary this year, and Zelda's about to hit 35. That's the only reason I can see this, is to bank on the pre-35th anniversary Zelda hype for next year.
1: 35. We're so old.
0: You know, don't remind me.
1: We'll be dead it's okay, we'll be dead soon.
0: Look, what reminded me is that Pokemon came out here in North America twenty-two years ago. Shh That made me feel old today.
1: Man. I, I, Not you having- know, nothing 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 inspires me to teach young children to go into the wilderness and fight animals like Pokemon.
0: Absolutely. Pokemon is a great game. It teaches you to abandon your ten-year-olds in the woods. To fight little then, monsters with other monsters and hope they can make it in the way while you go bang a Mr. Mime.
1: Yeah, it's a freaking... Fire, a fire lizard pit bull fighting. Like, okay, cool. You know, in
0: the new Pokemon anime, Ash, is, Ash apparently has a little brother and we're all shook trying to figure out who the
1: dad is. Uh, it's probably Professor Oak.
0: I don't know. I mean, is Oak Ash's dad? Or is Mr. Mime? I'm- Ash's dad.
1: It's a good question. It's a very good question.
0: Anyway, back to our $60 DLC talk. I'm just not understanding Nintendo. I don't, I just, I'm not hyped for this. I'd rather have gotten information on Breath of the Wild 2 to see what it was going to be, which they say it's coming soon. And part of me thinks that the pandemic derailed a lot of their plans for announcing that game this year. Because I think that should have been or would have been a great way to introduce and launch for Zelda's 35th anniversary. And it could still happen. But it also makes me wonder if we're going to get something like a 3D Mario All Stars version of Zelda games for the Switch, of a bunch of old Zelda games ported over for the umpteenth time. We're going to get Majora's Mask and Ocarina on a Nintendo console.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, uh I love I love Ocarina of Time. I feel that Nintendo really, really likes to ride one-trick ponies, and they they really hit their uh, they hitch themselves to Ocarina of Time quite a bit. And I understand, of course. I I, I remember the hype. I was. I was around at the time, you know, but I, I'm just ugh, enough, like enough, enough, like that. That's they, they, they continue to go backwards, and we get so little going forwards. Well, I already have this a controversial. I, feel.
0: I mean, my feelings on Ocarina at the time of Ocarina of time are kind of controversial to fans as it is, because I think it's an overrated game. I think it's a great game, but I think it's overrated in a sense.
1: But, I'm, I'm willing to agree on that. I think yeah, for the time, it was my argument. Well, I mean, I think for the time it was really revolutionary, you know, even though it really kind of just, it it was, I I think for the time it was revolutionary, and I think for the time it was very pretty, I think they did a lot uh, with the music and with the graphics and everything, Um, and I think that it's certainly iconic, but in regards to the games that, like, followed, it's certainly not the best. Like, in my opinion, Twilight Princess is one of the best Zelda games, Uh, and I think that it's, I think it's better than Ocarina of Time. There, I said it.
0: I, I mean, I agree with you, but my belief also has always been, and I still harp on the fact that I will say this until, some, in, in, until I'm blue in the face, I think Ocarina of Time is just a 3D remake of Link to the Past.
1: Um, link to the and, Past, in my opinion, was actually more open.
0: Oh, absolutely, but structure-wise, when you look at it, when you imagine what a 3D Link to the Past would have been like at that time, you're looking at Ocarina of Time, and the formula yeah. is almost the same. You have three overworlds, you get the sword, in... Arena, you get the sword and it transports you forward in time and link to the past. You get the sword, fight the wizard, and go to the dark world. So there you have. Well, your the dark alternate. world was the mirror.
1: The dark world was the mirror. That's different.
0: Well, the mirror brings you to the dark world, but what I'm talking about is when the master sword warps you forward in time seven years after you beat Aghanim the first time and link to the past. You're automatically transported to the top of the golden pyramid. Yes, that's not the mirror. That just happens. You that's just happen the same. I know. I did. Unfortunately, I was told that all the time, but. <laughs> So those are the same to me. Then you have your seven worlds with the seven... You have your seven dungeons with the seven stages to your fight with Ganon. Um, what Ocarina of Time did that was revolutionary was put it with the Z-axis in 3D, and it was enjoyable. It was a thought-provoking game. It has not aged well, though, at all. I think Majora's Mask yeah. has aged better than Ocarina. And Absolutely, now, it has. Now, the 3DS remake of Ocarina of Time, Ocarina of Time 3D, is the definitive way to play that game.
1: Yeah, Ocarina of Time I found was... Um... So, I, I actually played it on my N64 uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I'll tell you what, too, playing with those old-school analog uh, analog stick N64 controllers are I was awful. I, I actually ended up having to go online, uh, find the GameCube-style uh, replacement stick for the N64 controller, take the controller apart, replace it, and then continue playing it. Uh, and even then, it was fucking frustrating just because the what i found be most frustrating was the uh because we're so used to having this dual access controllers you know for so long since like the time of yeah. playstation 2 where you're able to turn the camera and move your character simultaneously but then you're back to this old school style of having the floating camera you know and and you're trying to get certain things done that are that require a little more accuracy and you realize like how inaccurate the jumping mechanism for ocarina of time is um so your platforming gets to be pretty frustrating and so that final battle with ganondorf not even the ganon fight the ganon fight was cake like the ganondorf
0: fights the hardest fight of those two because you have to light it up perfectly to beat his little beams back at him
1: yeah it was awful that was that was really terrible and like and if you're if your timing is off if your timing is off by a millisecond you get hit then you fall down in the pit again you're like what the hell i gotta climb back up right
0: so that's actually reused too. That Ganon fights a reused fight from Ocar- from from uh, *Legend of*, or sorry, from *Link to the Past*. You fight Agonim the same way by blasting his little beans back at him. Sorry, I'm realizing now that Nintendo's original ideas aren't that original. Oh my goodness, I have I've become that guy.
1: Oh well, no, you become everything you hate. So uh, yeah, moving moving on. I mean, this uh, this news about the Switch hackers recently is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Switch hacking is always an interesting thing to me, and Nintendo getting hacked is always interesting to me. And big ups to Bowser for doing it.
1: <laughs> Wrong Bowser, but yeah. Were you saying a little earlier that uh, some about uh, Reggie Fizeme put out a tweet?
0: Yeah, so offline I was talking about last uh, the other night. I was online looking, and yeah, Reggie had put out a tweet asking uh, Bowser for the kings to the kingdom back.
1: That's pretty funny. I'm sure. I'm mm-hmm. sure Bowser did. Did Bowser have a comment on that? Does he even have a Twitter?
0: He does. I think it's like at the True Bowser or something, and I didn't see anything as of last night. I hadn't looked this morning. But yeah, it's a console hacking and piracy organization known as Team Execu- Executor?
1: I think it's Executor. Or maybe There's, Executor. I, mean, I think it's Executor because the, I think it's supposed to be a play on words because it's X-E-C-U-T-E-R, so I think it's Executor. Yeah, or executor.
0: So apparently it was a for-profit hacker collective that is best known for Nintendo hacks including a device called the SX Pro that allows the Switch to run pirated games.
1: Well... See, where, where you fuck up with things like that is when you sell it. Because if you didn't sell it and you just put it out there, then like... I mean, yeah, Nintendo would totally be pissed. You know, and I'm sure they try to go after you in some way, shape, or form. But it's, it's kind of like... When you deal with Raspberry Pis or like certain emulators and things like that, that of course we don't have because we're 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 legal gamers, right? Yeah, um, yeah, legal. Yeah, and of course we've never never once used any of those programs. <laughs> no, <laughs> I
0: don't know how to go online and download Ultra Sixty Four or Project Sixty Four to put them. Never mind.
1: disclaimer, we're not recommending at all that anyone does it. We're just letting you know so that you know what sites not to go on. Uh,
0: That reminds me. So this is completely off topic. I saw something the other day It was on Twitter, which was a tweet from a teacher that was talking about illegal PDF textbooks, saying that she won't tell her students how to access them, but she is more than happy to share with her students how to not access those websites and advocate to not download these $300 textbooks for free.
1: Absolutely, I I also saw that and I thought that was pretty clever of her, but of course, you know, that's what you want to do. It's kinda of like when you're in the military and they give you the blacklist uh, of places, which mind you, that's that's a different story. They actually don't want you to go to blacklist places, but they're like, Hey, you know, this is where people go to have a lot of fun and this is where they go to get into a lot of trouble. So don't go to these places.
0: Which makes you just want to go anyway. I mean,
1: you know, that was always that were always interesting debriefs after a weekend where like, well, we caught five people going to these different blacklist places, and like, well, there we are. But yeah, it's pretty great.
0: I don't know. I'm kinda I mean, it sucks that, you know, they got arrested for it for breaking quote unquote the law to put pirated games on the Switch, but maybe if Nintendo released things other than ports, which we've talked about already, maybe people wouldn't have to find a way to hack the Switch to put pirated games from other consoles on there.
1: Just saying. I mean my, my gripe is my gripe is less about the ports and more about the affordability or the pricing of the ports because I mean again, as, and we've stated this multiple times on multiple episodes on the show. But, I mean, goodness, I, I don't want to pay $60 or $40 for a 30-year-old game or revamp of a 30-year-old game. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, I mean, I can maybe understand $40 for it because they're put, they putting—they do put some work into it to update. Like I've said, um, I'm on record on, on this show in its previous incarnation talking about this when, Zelda's Link, when Link's Awakening came out on the Switch. And I think I've been on the same episode talking about it. I can't justify spending $60 for a game that short, that small, that old.
1: I could do no, it. No, absolutely right. not. I,
0: I could probably justify 40 bucks for Link's Awakening because they updated the graphics, added that in, and added enough new that paying 40 bucks for it when ideally I should be able to just pay 20 for it makes sense. It's kind of like the approach that they took with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remasters. Activision released, redid both those games from the ground up with new graphics, new skaters, updated models, new game modes, new stuff, and it's 40 bucks.
1: I'm okay. No, exactly. 100%. I'd be okay
0: paying forty bucks for that. What I'm not okay doing is paying sixty bucks for three games that are just emulated onto my Switch on a cartridge because Nintendo couldn't be bothered to put effort into it.
1: A hundred percent, you know. It, it really falls back to the idea, too, where, like, they also re-release a lot of old games that have been out for several years now, and they put them out at full price. So I mean, like, Binding of Isaac, Binding of Isaac for, for the fully updated version is stupid expensive. Last I saw, it was somewhere between, like, 45 or $50 or something like that, which is crazy to me, you know, Um, and then they... Like I mean, hell, like Skyrim, Sky- dude. Skyrim came out in 2011. I'm not gonna pay 60 bucks. Like I, I and granted, like yeah, they'll do sales, and, and and credit to Switch for doing sales, you know. But credit to Switch for doing sales. But like they, you know, the the fact that they put out these games that are ancient, you know, or the um, what was it, the uh, fractured but whole for South Park. You no, know, that was a. Uh, That was a game that, you know, they have that up for like 15 bucks on the PlayStation network. So why the hell am I going to pay 60 bucks for that game? That makes no sense whatsoever.
0: To be fair, I bought the Fractured Butthole on Switch, but I think I bought it on sale for 20 bucks.
1: So yeah, on the Spiral Reignited trilogy, the HD version, like I have no problem pl- paying some kind of updated price for that at all. But at the same time, the game's a couple years old as well. You know that, and that was already out on on PlayStation Network, and I, I think it might have been on Xbox. I'm not entirely sure, but actually, I think it might. I don't even fucking know, honestly. But yes, I know, I know it was all
0: of the platforms.
1: Okay, so I mean, I knew it was on PlayStation Network, but yeah, but they had it on PlayStation Network already for like twenty bucks, you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and and so, you know, the. Nat- for for the switch download, they have the audacity to sell it for the full price of forty dollars, and I, you know, I I was adamant I was gonna wait weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and months even because mm-hmm. I was not I want it really badly, but I have no intention of paying a full forty dollars price for for PlayStation One games. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And yes, I appreciate the updated graphics and everything else, but that's not what Nintendo's, what Nintendo's doing.
0: No, that was Toys for Bob. Um, And that's just like, it kind of looks at other things on the Switch. Like, we talked about it for the fact with Fractured But Whole. And I will say real quick, just a quick aside, that if you are going to buy that game, avoid the Switch port. It is kind of broken at a lot of points. The controls suck at times.
1: Um, Oh, another one to avoid. uh, Another one to avoid real quick is um, Outer Worlds. Holy crap. I heard so many amazing reviews about that game. and and, And everyone was like, if you want it, get it. If you want it, get it. Absolutely. And then I looked at the specific Switch reviews, and it's awful mm-hmm. because because it underperforms so badly. The you know between between the rendering and the you know pop up graphics and everything, like it just it can't handle it.
0: Well, and it's much like The Witcher Three. I very much want to get The Witcher Three, and I was really looking forward to it coming on Switch because I don't own The Witcher Three. I have The Witcher One and The Witcher Two. I've played through one. I'm playing through two. I haven't beaten it, so I haven't gotten three yet. And I probably not going to get the switch port for it because it's still it, it's 60 bucks but I can go buy it on the PlayStation for 20 for the exact same thing and not sacrifice graphics and frame rates because it's a switch port.
1: Download it on Steam.
0: Yeah, I missed it on the last Steam sale unfortunately when it was like on sale because I bought a bunch of other games. Oh yeah. But that aside with a bunch of other games and new things, let's talk about the other elephant in the Nintendo room, which is... Super oh yeah, the Smellers. So, that's a thing that definitely happened. And Waluigi fanboys just know that they put Minecraft in before your Bro.
1: Well oh, dude, Waluigi, they they've made it clear Waluigi's not gonna get in there because they already put him in, I believe, as a summoned, um as a summoned assistant. But they, Ridley uh, that,
0: was too in the last Smash Bros. game.
1: Right, but then they put Ridley in as a as a main character for this one, so Ridley is not a summoned assistant in this game. For this game, Waluigi's a summoned assistant, so they're not gonna double him up as a character. That just ain't happening.
0: They might though, or they could always patch out the summon trophy.
1: Uh honestly, I'd rather not. Look, I know there's lots of Waluigi sure? fanboys, but, but here's Waluigi's the thing. a Waluigi is a worthless character.
0: I mean, yes, I don't personally, I don't want Waluigi for Smash. And my biggest concern, my biggest caveat for that is that every character in Smash has a franchise that they specifically represent, including Wario. He started as a Mario spinoff, but he had his own franchise.
1: Yeah, but, but Wario's also been around since Wario. the early 90s.
0: You know, well, and Waluigi's been around for 21 years now.
1: Is it tw- has it really been around since
0: 1999? Mario Tennis. It was 99 or 2000 for the original Mario Tennis on N64. I want to say. Is Waluigi hard. in that? Yeah, that was his debut. Wow. That was his debut. It was Mario Tennis on the N64.
1: Wow, he's been a worthless character for 21 years. That's incredible.
0: Which came out. I'm actually going to look it up real quick, just so I can make sure. It came out 20 years ago. 2000.
1: Okay, so Still, 2000.
0: Waluigi's been around for 20 years, and he hasn't had a single franchise with him alone in it, outside of Mario spinoffs like Mario Party, Mario Kart, starting with, I think, the GameCube, and mario sports games so i can understand why dude, i don't think anyone's gonna buy it I mean.
1: but I I, I I don't think anybody would buy it he's not dude he's not he's not a likable character no I, not and, at I, all i mean this and this is just my opinion i'm sure there's there's always outlier pockets of fanboys who like this kind of crap but like you no. know again this, and this is my personal opinion i'm not i'm not i'm not king shaming you if you're if you're into waluigi but <laughs> you know um but, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I don't see him as a likable character. At least Wario has, like, personality. Wario being this antithesis of, of Mario. But at the same time, Luigi, in and of itself, uh, you, you know, Luigi by himself is very much a side character. Like, yes, Luigi's mansion gave him, you know, a bit of a personality, a bit of stardom. And then the, uh, you know, Mario, the Mario lost in time game for the PC way back in the day, um, that gave Luigi a game. Mario. You know Mario
0: is missing. Mario.
1: Mario, M- Mario's missing but yeah like that that gave him something to, to build upon but he was already an established character Wario once he was introduced to the antithesis of Mario but when you take a side character who to a certain extent is already treated as being fairly obscure like Luigi and then you go oh well while Luigi is the antithesis of that I'm like well what's so is he like doubly worthless is he is he supposed to be equally worthless like because he's certainly not popular
0: so I guess that begs the question so what we got instead of you know a while Walu- we got Minecraft, we get, and it's basically going to be kind of like the Dragon Quest hero, I'm assuming, with just the different skins, where you have Steve, Alex, a zombie, and an Enderman.
1: Enderman!
0: So, I mean, the Enderman's kind of cool, but I still, and the Minecraft level's cool because it kind of randomly generates itself every time, but there's other franchises they could have pulled characters from than Minecraft. Like, I understand that Minecraft is definitely, you know, a po- gained, regained its popularity over the last 10 years. Um from sure, being super popular to barely talked about to writing a wave again now, especially with RTX in Minecraft. But right. I feel there's other characters they could have pulled into Smash as DLC other than other than this. Like when I'm looking at and Think of Nintendo and characters that could represent, well, I'd love to see Proto Man in Smash.
1: That'd be kinda cool. Um I, I do like I, I will say this i'm I'm a fan of the of the arms franchise. Um that was that was one of the release titles that I purchased when I first got my switch, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and so I thought that adding Mid-Men in was pretty cool as opposed to just having the arms characters as summon trophies.
0: Oh, um, absolutely, um, and that's the thing. But again, that's I thought Min Min was ability.
1: pretty cool. It is absolutely it is. I, I mean, granted, I would have I would have preferred like Ninjara, but because that's that's my preferred character. But I mean, Min Min's not bad at all. I'm totally happy to have Min Min in there. Um, but yeah, the uh, I, I think that the Minecraft thing was a little odd because as as, I've, as we've talked about privately before, you know, one of my issues with Nintendo when they re when they introduce these characters is downloads for Smash. You know, the Smash franchise traditionally utilizes Nintendo IP characters or characters that have a history of being on Nintendo consoles. And so they bring in a lot of these characters, especially for this one, well, actually, it's really just for this one, um, who who are not really part of the Nintendo family. So, I mean, like Cloud, I lo- I'm glad we have Cloud. He's a fun character to play, great fan service, but Cloud is not a Nintendo character. He has not appeared on a Nintendo console until we got the Switch and we got the Final Fantasy VII uh, remastered download for the Switch and like all well and good but there were so many final fantasy characters that had appeared for 30 years plus on nintendo consoles that we could have utilized and it's kind of like with Dissidia. you know they could have put cecil in there they could have put you know a cafe on there they could have put all sorts of different characters that actually appeared on nintendo consoles that we could have used that would have had that nostalgic throwback you know and they As didn't and chrono. and chrono exactly yeah like chrono-, chrono would have been an amazing addition because for all of the other fanboys who were like our age excuse me, um, you know, Chrono Trigger would have been a great throwback to have, but they didn't do that, you know, and so it, they, it seems like they're definitely doing the money grab decisions, but it's also kind of like, it's kind of like lazy writing.
0: Almost, yeah. I mean, you look at it, this is Microsoft's second character to appear in Smash behind Banjo, and Banjo was originally on a Nintendo console. Banjo's known for his N64 adventures.
1: Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie that- and Banjo-Tooie from yeah, N64 back when Rare owned the franchise.
0: I look at other characters that are there. Snake. Yes, yeah, Solid Snake and Smash to some people's weird, but a lot of people forget about that crappy port of the original Metal Gear that came on NES.
1: Well it's not just that though. There was the there was the port of the original Metal Gear, and then there was also uh, Twin Snake on GameCube. Which so, was a so Snake, Metal Gear Solid, yeah. Right. So I mean so so Snake at least has some form or semblance of pedigree, you know, in, in the Nintendo for and I'm sorry, in the Nintendo family, as it were. You know, Sonic at least going back at...
0: the GameCube forward
1: right from the gamecube for but i mean and, and that's that's all well and good like i mean you know at gamecube as much as i hate to say it gamecube is now considered a classic console so i mean yeah I know, um, and, and so that's 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 what makes it acceptable you know and again not not in the sense of like i mean whatever they put in is acceptable because their damn game but more along the lines of like with the the tradition and the culture of it i mean even with sonic like i mean sonic by and large was, was Essentially purchased you know or or utilized by Nintendo on, you know with uh with Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure two hitting uh, Gamecube after yeah, after the failure of GameCube. Went,
0: and when Sega went developer
1: exactly you know so I think that there's you know there's there's room for those things in there, especially because, of course, there's always the great console rivalry, and like Sega didn't lose per se to just stop making consoles because they still make great games, except for you know the Sonic Unleashed we don't talk about Sonic or Sonic um, o six, which is also or boom yeah, Sonic o six model. No, but, I, didn't, I didn't. play Boom. I, uh, I heard. I heard that. Um, I heard that Heroes game was pretty good, though. Sonic Heroes was pretty. good no, that's not Sonic Heroes. I'm sorry, not Sonic Heroes. Owned.
0: Generations is good. Um, and Generations
1: Heroes I have on Xbox 360.
0: And Heroes isn't bad. Um, the new it wasn't one, Heroes, the,
1: no Sonic Forces. That's the one. Sonic Forces. I, I didn't hear anything. I, I didn't hear anything good I, or bad about that.
0: I heard a lot of bad about it.
1: Really, that's a shame.
0: But Sonic Gen. Um, uh, but Sonic on the what is it now? Crap. Sonic Mania.
1: Sonic Mania, okay. That's yeah, I, I saw the, Sonic Mania They've
0: been Sixteen-bit Sonic, back to its roots, like it- Sonic and Knuckles' roots.
1: And it's good. Yes, it's
0: made by the guy who did the any of. The, if you played any of the ports of the Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles on modern consoles, the guy who ported those from Genesis to modern consoles made this game.
1: Did they do anything to make it better or more crisp? Or very much the same?
0: Oh, it's much crisp. I mean, it's very crisp. Um, It's very much Sonic. It plays like classic Sonic. It has some additions, like the homing jump is part of it, which is kind of cool. So it does makes some things easier. But yeah, Christian Whitehead's the guy. He was actually a fan who made ROMs for for Sonic that Sega hired to do this. The exact opposite approach of one Nintendo.
1: Yeah, it's always it's always nice when people see raw talent and they say, you know what, rather than sue you, I'm gonna recruit you because you can make our product better. But then again, you know, that's that's always that thing because we we like the approaches of certain companies, and again, not say Sega failed, because Sega didn't fail, they've just evolved and changed to what they're better at. Um, you know, at least for the modern day. But it's kind of funny because like Nintendo sees such great success, and it's like Nintendo has kind of turned into the the Disney of the video game world where like we love them, but we fucking hate them.
0: And it is. For as much as Nintendo does right, they do a lot wrong, and that—that's the thing. I mean, some things Nintendo's done right recently. Mario Thirty Five that came out, which is like ninety-nine Mario style, really fun. But if you're good at Mario, it's not that challenging. Something.
1: Well, there's some speculation that uh, that Mario Thirty Five is going to be a temporary thing. Like the it Nintendo going to
0: pull thing. it. It would be pulled in March. Yeah.
1: So I mean, like, is but there's also a cartridge version of it, apparently.
0: Of Mario Thirty Five, I did not
1: know. I know there's one. I'm uh, not entirely sure. I think let me let me All actually Stars. double check on that. See, I know there it wasn't All Stars that I saw. Price, let me, which I'm I wanna, still
0: gonna end up buying, but it, not at full price.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna double check on that right now because there's a YouTuber I like to follow. It's yeah. uh, Drew from Beat 'Em Ups, um, and he, yeah, he does a lot of Nintendo if stuff. If they're, they're like gonna make
0: a a, a per, if they're making a cartridge of Mario 35, we go buy it just in case they pull it from the eShop and they delete files.
1: So it, it's not the 30. He, he did do a review on 35, but he, didn't, he wasn't talking about that one specifically. Uh, apparently, Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, mm-hmm. bef- he, he, he's got some speculation that Nintendo's going to delete Mario 3D All Stars.
0: Yes, no. Nintendo has already confirmed like, March 5th. That's confirmed. Like, that's even when you go buy it on the eShop, it tells you that it's a limited time. That's it. It's artificial scarcity, essentially, on it.
1: Why? For, to what end?
0: Um, for the sense that if you don't buy it by that point, you can't buy it new anymore after. That's the artificial scarcity that they're supplying for. I mean,
1: but they have, there's a cartridge version of it, too, though. So, I mean, if you really, Correct. really want it, you can just but get it on Nintendo, cartridge.
0: Right, but Nintendo's going to pull the cartridges from shelves on that date. So you won't be able to buy it after that date. It will not be available anymore. It's gone. You have to buy it used at that point. As a cartridge.
1: Interesting. So that's
0: I what mean, they honestly, I mean, honestly, I would They made believe-
1: it a limited thing, but they also did
0: it apparently with the Mario 25th anniversary when they re-released All-Stars on the Wii. Nintendo did a similar thing where it was available for like a year and then it was gone.
1: I mean, I'm interested in it for 64 and for Sunshine and, and to, you know, I'm, I'm sure to the, you know, to the... Uh, how can I put this? To... to, to as a means of earning the rancor of our listeners, I never really got into Mario Galaxy, although everyone says it's amazing. Like, I really like Sunshine, oh, yeah. I like 64, but I also heard the 64 port into the Switch is awful.
0: So, I've actually watched some videos on it. So, some things it's done right is it has gotten the control emulation correct with sensitivity, but, yeah, the cleaned-up polygons, you clearly see how Nintendo hid textures thirty, almost 30 years ago. You can, it, it didn't age well.
1: Which is also kind of interesting too, because when you play Super Mario uh, Odyssey, and you get the uh, there's, there. Uh, I don't know how much, how, how, far you've gotten in Odyssey or how much you unlocked, but there's the, uh, there's the 64 skin. Uh, yes. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy playing with the 64 skin. Um, fun fact: ukulele, I'm sure someone's going to put four one. skin joke in there. Haha.
0: <laughs> Say, fun fact: It's actually a a skin like that in ukulele is. Well. Interesting. Which I, I, if you haven't played it, ukulele. Freaking great game! If you like collectathons, it's very much a good spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie.
1: I have not played Ukulele.
0: You might like it if you like collectathons,
1: but I don't know, man. It seems pretty sus.
0: I don't know, man. Blue's looking pretty sus right now. <laughs> I love how a two-year-old game has taken over the internet. In a-
1: has taken over the internet in the last two months.
0: Yeah, a two-year-old game's taken over the internet in two months. That they announced and canceled plans for a sequel in that time frame. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's really not much point adding to it, right?
0: Yeah, they're making this sequel, like, free up an update to the game or something, what they were going to do for it. But But aside from the Nintendo news that happened this week, there's other things that have happened. Um, We got news on the Series X and PS5s, including pricing and, and launch games. And that got me thinking more about launches and system launches and launch titles. And before we get into it, I wanted to ask you a question. What's that? You and I have been around for many console launches for almost, yes, for what, for what we consider the modern realm of gaming, gaming, starting with the NES. I think that is the only console launch that you and I were not around for. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You know, cause I think if we're talking pre crash, because I guess for our listeners who don't know quick history lesson, there was a video game crash in the mid eighties because of Atari flooding the market with subpar products. And ultimately the tipping point was et and you can find this but nintendo and the reason even then that the nes was called the nintendo entertainment system and wasn't marketed actually as a video game that's why the games were called um packs um and control deck this console was called a control deck um the reason for that was the video game crash and that's what really was surprising with Nintendo surviving, but speaking, out, but speaking as it to us, we've been around for many console launches. So I guess my question for you is, of all of the consoles you've owned over the years at launch or gotten around launch with launch titles, what are a couple that stick out most vividly to you as titles you got?
1: Uh, for sure I think that... So the two that really stick out for me specifically uh, as being like hyped for at-launch purchases, um, N64... For sure, and then the switch. there, it's and it's for two different reasons in two very different ways. N64 for me, um, and we're not counting handhelds, correct? We're just counting reg- like mainstay consoles.
0: Yeah, if we counted handhelds, this could go on for a minute.
1: Yeah, uh, N64 for me because I mean I was I was a young kid. It was like 1996 Christmas. It was I was seven. Um, you know, and and of course like. You know, you come down for Christmas and you see this this box, and you're like, kind of like feeling around. And you're like, I think I know what this is, and you open it up. It's the N sixty four, and so you're like, ah, you know. And there's uh, it's, it's actually one of my funnier pictures that I've got somewhere in an album of of me and my me and my pajamas holding up this N sixty four box, um, you know. And so that was that was definitely one of my my favorite most hype uh, moments. And that was uh, for those for the launch title games. For that, I got um Mario sixty four. Uh yep. for sure. Uh and then I got Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Uh, that was a which game. Yeah, that was a really good game. Uh so those were those were my first two N sixty four games um that I got and that was a blast. And then as far as you know, the other hype that I got for launch title, or for uh, launch console was the Switch. Um and I remember it actually coming in the mail. I I, I pre ordered it and everything and it was supposed to show up like a day after launch. Um, which didn't really matter, because, you know, nobody could get them anyways, they're already sold out. Um, so finally, I, I actually got my copy of Breath of the Wild, um, one of the special editions, at a midnight release, uh, and I picked that game up, and I literally, like, took it, and I, I gave them my receipt, they had my, they had my stuff for me, and I was out the door, um, because the, the, hype was real, everyone, like, they were like, yeah, you might want to get out of here with that, I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving, and I actually had to stare at my copy of Breath of the Wild for like I think two days before my Switch actually came in and I could play it. And I had I had, I had Breath of the that. Wild, I had Breath of the Wild, and I had Arms uh, as my first two Switch games.
0: I remember you telling me about Breath of the Wild because I got that. I picked it up at launch. Um, the night it launched as well, but I bought my copy for the Wii U. That's the one I'm still playing on because I didn't have a Switch when it launched. I bought a Switch after launch.
1: Right. So yeah, that was. Those are probably my two most hype. I think aside from that, my other most hype was probably my original Game Boy Color, and I got one of the original, like, purple ones when it first came out. Uh, and I got Mr. Game... I got the Game & Watch Gallery with it. Um, oh, man, was... I remember that. Yeah. So... I got... Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So for me, to answer my the question here, I could... I'll give you my... The ones I remember most vividly was my N64 when I got... Because I didn't get them right at launch. I got them a little after, but for the N sixty four, the launch title I got that came with it was Mario sixty four, and I think everybody did. I'm pretty sure that was almost a pack in game at that point. Um, but I had that. I had Pilot Wing sixty four, which actually was the other launch title for it, and then Star Fox sixty four. Those were the three games I got with my N sixty four.
1: Yeah, that's a, that that last one was an excellent game
0: star fox 64 another another example of nintendo reusing its own idea because star fox 64 is just a remake of the snes for star fox game
1: yes yes it is it's 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 damn near a carbon copy it just has extra levels
0: nintendo you've been doing this for years and i'm just now i was today you're today's years old when i opened my eyes but the other ones that speak out that reach out for me on on launches for sure gamecube um when I got Melee, because that was even a launch title for it, and I got Melee was the first game I got when I got my GameCube, and I didn't own another game for my GameCube for like six months after it came out, and I had Melee.
1: Yeah, I was um, in the second that, game with
0: that... Star Fox Adventures.
1: Oh, that game was awful.
0: Okay, no, I actually okay, I'm gonna stand up for a minute for that game because I love that game. That game is a horrible Star Fox in the concept of what Star Fox was up to that point. Because hey, it's okay, I- you're
1: entitled to be wrong.
0: That game was not originally a Star Fox game. That was Miyamoto saying, we want Star Fox to launch this console. It's also the last game Rare made for Nintendo. It was originally just called Dinosaur Planet, and it was largely the same game. It's actually... I, anyone listening who hasn't played it or has played it and has a negative opinion of it, go replay that game now with fresh open eyes and look at things that have happened since in the world of gaming and understand what it was. Yes, it was kind of like Nintendo making Fox into Link. But at the same time it was it's actually a really fun game. I played the crap out of that game forever and ever and ever. I loved it. I still like it. So I am a fan. Yeah. I will defend it until I can no longer defend it. And Alrighty, it's probably nothing rare put out until Sea of Thieves.
1: Yeah, for the for that GameCube era, I was uh, I was definitely a PS2 kid. I like, bought so- I, I, I enjoyed it and I played GameCube at my friend's house. I didn't actually get I actually did not buy a GameCube until I was in the military. Uh, and Xbox 360 was already out at this point in time, but I picked up a GameCube for like thirty bucks, and then I went to pawn shops and like bought games there.
0: Well, I mean, I bought what I did. I bought a-, a PS2 shortly before the PS3 came out. I went and bought it at a pawn shop, and I was in high school because um, you know my parents had bought me the GameCube as a present, so I bought myself a PS2 to experience those games. And that one, I have a lot of memories playing games on too, mainly Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy. <laughs> a lot Guitar Hero. Played a lot of Guitar Hero on my PS2, but anyway, the third launch saying. thing for me was going to be the original Game Boy, the big old gray brick with the pea soup screen, and I had both both launch titles for it. I had Mario Land and Tetris. Those were the first two games I got.
1: Yeah, I, I remember getting my my gray brick Game Boy. Uh... I can't remember what particular year that was, because I got a, uh, I don't think I got that at launch, I think I got that maybe like a year or two after launch.
0: I didn't get it at launch, but it came with the pack-in launch title games.
1: Yeah, I I definitely got Tetris with my Game Boy. Um, I'm trying to remember, because I do believe I got another game as well. I will say that that
0: Tetris port for the Game Boy is probably one of the low-key better Tetris versions of Tetris that were out there at the time, and still one of the better ones
1: oh for sure have you played your game have you played like a game boy recently or like a game boy color or something like that
0: yes actually um i have one sitting up here in my office um that i actually yes i was playing pokemon actually playing pokemon on it like a week ago and yeah man those things were small
1: yeah yeah for sure definitely uh definitely made for children
0: <laughs> well like i was looking at it the game boy color is almost the same size as a super nintendo controller Wow. wow. And I never realized how small they were. The Game Boy Advance made it a little better when they put it, you know, sideways. Mm-hmm. That made it a little easier to play. But the color, because... It, I mean, especially now as an adult, my hands are just too big for that little thing. Yeah. Yeah, for about,
1: sure.
0: Honestly, if you have a, just a modern, like, smartphone, Android device, or even a modern iPhone, they're roughly about that size.
1: Well, I mean, also, do you remember, uh, remember Game Boy Pocket?
0: Oh, God, do I remember Game Boy Pocket? I had one. I had a red one. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. It had the f- true black and white screen. It ran on triple A batteries. And then like a year yeah. or two later is when the color came out. But
1: Yeah, that, the color was so hyped, dude. That was that was such a
0: The Game Boy Color was a great system. I loved my Game Boy Color. And I loved the link so wait, getting DX that came out on it. That DX dungeon was great.
1: Uh I did not get DX for Game Boy Color. Uh
0: I did. So I had the original one, and then I got DX because of the new dungeon, and here we are, you know, about roughly 30 years later, and I still don't own the re- the, the, the remastered version of it. And I won't buy the remastered version of it until it comes down from $60 to, like, mm, I'll even pay $40 for it. But I won't do that. Exactly, Nintendo. You can't do that to me. I'd do anything for you but that. all this And pegging. I, I
1: won't talk. do pegging.
0: So all this launch title talks is what's gotten me thinking here. We've got the PS5 coming out. We've got the Xbox Series X, or as I've affectionately dubbed it, the Sexbox. And we have launch titles. We have prices. Pre-orders are live now. People pre-ordered the wrong Xbox and bought an Xbox One X and not an Xbox Series X because people don't know how to pay attention. And for the low, low price of $500, you too can be the owner of a PlayStation 5 with a physical disc slot on it. Yeah, geez, four hundred dollars for the digital edition, or 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 if if you're an Xbox fan, it is three hundred dollars for the Xbox Series S, which is their digital version, which is a completely different console. So please don't let that hundred dollar difference fool you. There are huge differences between what they're offering at three hundred dollars versus what they're offering at five hundred dollars. Whereas with Sony, the only difference is literally a physical drive bay. So five hundred dollars Xbox Series X or you can do the payment plan options for the low, low price of $24.99 a month.
1: Yeah, yeah, no.
0: So here we are in the era of $500 consoles, $70 games coming with these for physical releases, which means your digital releases will be the same price. So my question then becomes, is the Switch price going to go up? Not the Switch price, are the price of games for the Switch going to go up? Are we going to get less? Because now we have high-powered next-gen consoles, and by less, can we really get any less than we're already getting for the Switch when it comes to AAA games?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know. We're supposed to be getting our new Switch, so we'll see what happens with that.
0: Oh yeah, the 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 quote-unquote Switch Pro that's going to make them their games seventy dollars, or it's probably just an improved battery life Switch, much like the new 3DS was to the 3DS.
1: Well, it's funny too because I, if I'm not mistaken, there was some kind there were laws in place. That actually capped the amount uh, that a game could be sold for here in the states. Uh, I noticed that when I was in Japan, for instance, like a lot of, there was a lot of reciprocity in pricing for things. But in Japan, for like Link's Awakening, for instance, the the, the Switch release uh, for a cartridge version of it was eighty dollars. Yeah, or the it... equivalent of eighty dollars, and the, they spend like they they actually spend a lot more money on games over there, which I found to be really weird.
0: It's it's strange how that works, but yeah. So in there, the equivalency to it because they're spending I don't know how many how much yen a game is, but it comes out to like eighty eighty bucks. Whereas like a console comes out to like seven or eight hundred dollars.
1: So if it's if it's about eighty dollars, it'd be about eight thousand yen. That's give or take. Yep. That's that's more or less the conversion. Yeah, like eight thousand yen. Eight thousand yen comes out to like you know seventy eight dollars or something like that. Because there's there's a little there's a bit of a uh, transition there in the exchange rate. It's also crazy
0: to hear such a high number like that translate to such a low number to what we resonate.
1: Well, it's just, it's just a, you know, moving a decimal point.
0: That's, I mean, and it's interesting to see that games are going to be going that way. So you're going to see games that come on, of course, blu rays still with 4K HK and, you know, ray tracing abilities and all that on it. And that's great. $70 for them to put it on a disc. That's just, it's getting to the point where a secondhand game market is viable. But console developers and game developers are now trying to find ways to keep that from happening by creating digital edition consoles. Because if I go buy a game digitally, I can't resell that game. There's no way to resell a digital game, which also Mm -hmm. means you'll never be able to buy a new game at a lower price if it's digital. You have to wait until they have it on sale. But hey, no pre-orders. You can just go download it that night. True. You'd never have to worry about shipping delays or them running out of copies or them selling out of pre-orders because all they have to do is load a file on there. So, I mean, that's, that's the bright side to it. Now, these consoles, of course, will have games. New games will be coming to them. And I wanted to take a moment to see what you think of some of these titles that are coming out. So, my question, first off, is which console would you like to go through first? Or hear about first?
1: Uh, either or. We're going to start with the PS5 and get it over with.
0: So, PS5. Games that are confirmed so far to be coming out, of course, is A New God of War. Um... That will be talking about the fall of Valhalla, most likely, since that's kind of where the last one left off at. Um, you do get the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel of Horizon Zero West, or Horizon Forbidden West coming. Um, Spider Man Miles Morales, which is going to be. I think that's going to be a cool game to play. I liked the PS5 Spider Man a lot. PS4? PS4 ps4 spider-man a lot that was a great game and getting to play as miles a bit in that was fun so it'll be fun to get his him as spider-man i also think miles is a better spider-man than peter at times um that's just me though i like miles a lot uh, Gran turismo 7 ratchet and clank rift apart getting the remake of demon souls which i think is actually looking beautiful and is what a 60 dollars remake well 70 dollars remake should look like if i'm honest uh, Returnal, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which is Little Big Planet developers making a platformer with Sackboy as its star.
1: I am not sure.
0: No, that's exactly what it is. It is Sackboy platformer. Sackboy, A Big Adventure. You play as Little Big Planet's Sackboy, and you go platforming. So, some of the others now. There's some exclusives coming too, and the biggest exclusive I saw coming to PS5. Um, that was like that shook me a little bit but also confirmed I'm probably buying a PS5. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 was announced and confirmed as a PS5 exclusive with a PC release as well. And for anybody listening and knows me and my history of Final Fantasy series, there's there, that, that's why my choice is made.
1: Uh, I mean, so for me, it's it's a, also a bit of a matter of considering that Microsoft has now purchased Bethesda. Uh, and And so that means that I have to make considerations on what I'm going to do Involving like you know, Elder Scrolls Six, um, whatever that uh, I'm trying to remember what the I I keep forgetting it because it's not called Starlink. It's Starfield. Um, Starfield, thank you. Because I'm I'm really interested in seeing what that with what comes of that. But at the same time, I like well. I also don't know how much Microsoft is going to hold Bethesda's feet to the fire to you know one finish a product. Uh, well, and that's and, the and, big thing. Like, one, one finish a product in regards to timeline, and two, finish the product in regards to, you know, fucking finishing it. And because, don't get me wrong, I personally thoroughly enjoy the uh, the glitchiness of uh, of, you know, the Elder Scrolls world. I enjoy exploiting all of the glitches. I think it's quite fun. But I also understand, like, you know, that people want perfection in a game. They want, you know, they want something that's properly coded.
0: I mean, absolutely, and that's something we hadn't even gotten to yet, or talked about yet, and I think we'll jump over to that, because I think with that is actually going to lead me into the next couple of games, because Deathloop is actually a Bethesda game that was announced last year, which is a PS5-exclusive launch, as is Ghost mm-hmm. Tokyo, another game that is done by Bethesda coming to PS5. Well, lo and behold, the day before the Xbox pre-orders went live, Microsoft goes up and buys Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And here we are with the way console wars are now is no longer about superior software or hardware, rather because the hardware on these two flip a coin and you've got the consoles. There's a couple flops here, a couple bytes there that are the difference, and that's it. You know, you know, maybe a couple hertz in, in the processor. There's not much difference between these two consoles on the surface. So the big thing is going to be third party draw. And while Sony already has a great first party system of games with those games like God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us. Games that people have built in are great games and can sell consoles. The best Microsoft's got right now is whatever the hell Rare brings them. And Rare, Rare has, since they've become a Microsoft publisher, has been a really hit or miss developer. I mean, in the, since, since the Xbox era, can you tell me a Rare game that you had or that was a really big critical success? The only one that really comes to mind for me is Sea of Thieves. Maybe Viva Piñata, but that doesn't mean it was a good game.
1: I mean, yeah, Viva Piñata.
0: I can see why we, why Microsoft would do this. I'm hoping to see games still come to PS5. I'm not an Elder Scrolls fan, so it's not a system seller for me to, if it becomes an exclusive to Xbox. But that's also because it'll still be on PC. Fair enough. I mean, and that's the big thing, is a lot of these games are coming out to these consoles where PC will probably get most of them. Um... Steam, Epic Game Stores, GOG, they're all out there to do it, and Microsoft even has the Xbox Game Pass for PC that has a bunch of Xbox One games on it that you can play and subscribe to. So those options are there. Um, And funny enough, Microsoft buys Bethesda, but there are no Bethesda games launching for the Xbox Series X. Halo isn't even launching. We're getting a Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, but that's coming to both of them. Watchdog Legends is coming to both of them. I'd like to know what RPG time the legend of Right is. It's a handheld indie it's an indie game. Okay. It's a hand drawn. So this game. is
1: this isn't uh this isn't related to the PS5, but did you see that there's like Oculus games? Like the uh they've got the Star Wars uh Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Looks pretty mm-hmm. interesting.
0: So it's funny, because Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge, isn't that basically like to establish the Disneyland, Disney World Star Wars place as canon?
1: Uh probably. I'm not entirely sure. I just know it's an, it's an Oculus game and I've seen the preview for it, so it looks interesting.
0: I'd like to see like a
1: VR Dragon Ball game. That'd be cool. Oh uh, yeah, kinda yeah.
0: It'd be better than Dragon Ball Connect.
1: I mean, anything's better than most Connect titles.
0: Hey man, you shut your mouth. Connect sports was awesome. Uh We Sports yeah, was back. Anyway, so yeah, so Xbox doesn't have a whole bunch of games coming that you'd think would be huge for them. Um, you're getting Watch Dogs, you're getting Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I'm not sure how that's going to work.
1: But that's not even an exclusive. That's a AAA, so it's, that's going to PlayStation 5 as well.
0: Exactly. The biggest exclusive, Gears of War 5. And that's an Xbox One, One game, by the way. Um, Gears Tactics. Ooh, and that's really it when it comes to exclusives i mean you got games like marvel's avengers which is currently out now rainbow six siege which is coming out which is currently out now on current gens skyrim's coming to both of them for gta 5 is going to be coming to both of them
1: (sighs) fucking skyrim don't get me wrong i love it i do but god damn it enough like proving, proving one more time that todd howard can sell skyrim
0: yeah They can sell Skyrim on another console that... Only Bethesda can release a game in 2012 for the PS3, Xbox 360 era devices. 2011, sir.
1: 2011, sir.
0: Make it successful in an era to not have to basically release another game during that time, really, that was worth a damn. I mean, what did we get from Bethesda recently? Um, We got two Dooms and a fallout 76 and now we have a tease for elder scrolls 6 which we got at e3 but we're going to see a third console generation with skyrim ported onto it as a full price retail release
1: yeah it's basically you know fucking elder scrolls 5 skyrim super califragilistic, <laughs> super califragilistic edition
0: look man at this point it might as well come with the dildo to do the dragon shouts at That's might as well just pretty, come with the dildo form pretty much so those are that's some of the news that happened in the world of gaming over the last couple of weeks. Like I said, there was a lot. We've condensed it into this. You've got your prices, the directs. There'll be more news coming. Um, like I had mentioned briefly earlier, Tokyo Game Show is a thing that happened. Um, Resident Evil Eight. They've been talking more about that. It's going to probably come to current-gen consoles as well in some way, shape, or form, as well as as a next-gen title, which is really pushed toward the PS5 again, and then. With that, you also got to look at the new Dynasty Warriors game. Looks like Dynasty Warriors. And we're getting a Resident Evil TV show on Netflix done with what looks to be a CGI style. so like a CGI art style, kind of like those uh, movies they did, did back in the day. So we'll get some more news on that. And that's really all that I noticed at Tokyo Game Show that was really worth talking about.
1: So speaking of Netflix things, since you were talking about Resident Evil for Netflix. Yeah. Um, there's a, There's a great uh, well, I can't say it's a great show. It's only seven episodes long, but um, there's a, a really good adaptation of a video game that came out for Netflix. It's Dragon's Dogma, which is a, it's an adaptation of the Capcom game, the Capcom R- uh, RPG. Mm-hmm. I am a freaking huge fan of Dragon's Dogma. It's one of my favorite games that I have on my Switch. Uh, it's quite pretty, and uh, I just I, I just enjoy the. I, I binged the I binged the show on Netflix. It was pretty good. Okay, so I'll yeah, give, to give that like a look if you get a chance.
0: I'll have to. I mean, really, I've been watching the boys. A lot of the boys. I've been every week as it comes out. I still love mm-hmm. that fucking show. This season's great. Um, I, I don't, I don't think you've seen it yet. If no, forgetting. I haven't watched any of it. Yeah. So I recommend it. But the big thing I've also been watching. It's on Netflix, and it's been around for a while. Jessica Jones. I finally got into diving into watching Jessica Jones on Netflix, and that so far has been a lot better than I thought it would be. Interesting. So I mean. The way it's done, Christian Ritter's as Jessica Jones. You've got David Tennant playing Kilgrave, and he plays a really good Kilgrave. Um, I recommend it. Jessica Jones is one, probably one of she's not my one of my favorite Marvel characters. I know of her. I'm familiar with her story, um, but just made it a watch because I do I do enjoy the Defenders line with her and Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and their adventures as lower heroes, so to speak. So it's out there it's good the defenders universe on netflix hopefully you know we get to keep that so i can finish it before disney decides to pull it off of there for some reason right that's all i've really been watching other than that i've just been you know hanging out playing games but i do actually have some other things i wanted to talk about um some articles i had found something i wanted to bring up to you was the fact that i had seen um henry Cavills out there petitioning himself to be the next james bond and I think one hundred percent I would be on board to see him be Bond. I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I would I, I think I would enjoy that. He um I've seen little snippets of it. I haven't watched the movie yet, but he's he's in the uh, the new uh Netflix movie, Enola Holmes, with um Yes.
0: Yeah uh, Millie Bobby Brown.
1: Correct. Um and so like I mean granted, like <clears throat> I, I've seen him in uh, I've seen him in the Tudors, so I liked him in that, and I've seen him play these roles before, like you know these refined British roles. Um, so I, I I think he would make a good Bond. Um, I think he could. I, I certainly think he could do it, uh, and I think that he would probably jettison himself up to being like, you know, one of my favorite Bonds because right now you know Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond, um, <clears throat> but I, I think How that Henry Cavill would. You, oh stop! How dare you! Compare... you in comparison to who, Sean Connery? He's okay. John
0: Connery is the best Bond.
1: Sean Connery's Connery, okay.
0: No, nope. Connery and Moore are my top two Bonds, and you are entitled to be wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to way to take my line there, buddy. No, yeah, I think uh, I think Dan- I I think Daniel Craig's an excellent Bond. Um, oh, he's a
0: great Bond, and he's better than Pierce Bronson and Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby for sure. But I still have a soft spot for Connery and Roger Moore, and I actually do think Roger Moore is what Bond. Looks like when I think of Bond, I picture Roger Moore's Bond over Sean Connery's.
1: That's fair. I just I just like the Daniel Craig movies personally, and it's not just because uh, they're, they're modern. I just I like them a lot.
0: I do like them a lot. I think Spectre was it a am- I think Spectre was a great movie. Um,
1: I, I haven't seen, seen Spectre yet.
0: I think Skyfall we- was fantastic.
1: Uh, we still have we still have one more Craig movie coming out, don't we?
0: Yes, it comes out this year. It's my birthday movie. No Time to Die. Oh nice, nice. I will be going to see that around the time it comes out around my birthday and that's what I do because that's usually when Bond if you notice Bond usually comes out in November. Uh yeah. And my birthday is in November so I make Bond my birthday movie. There you go. And I will because it's his last Bond movie so I'm very curious to see how it is because of who's in it. Um I think Robbie Malik's going to be an amazing villain for him.
1: I just feel bad for him cuz he's so tired of the role. Like he didn't and wanna, not not this. Well, not, not that it's bad, but it's like he's like, he 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 hates the uh he hates the filming tempo. You know, yeah. he he's he gets he really frustrated be, with the whole thing.
0: Well, he wanted to be done with it after after Skyfall.
1: Yeah, then they they even asked him. They they're like, oh, you know, would you would you ever want to play Bond again? It was during an interview, and he said, I would rather shatter this glass and then slit my wrist with the shards oh, and play Bond so again.
0: After Spectre, he said that. Um, after Skyfall, oh, Spectre, okay. he said the only way he would come back to play Bond again is if the same team came back for the next movie. It was the only way he'd do it.
1: Yeah, but the, they, they run him ragged. It's gotta, be, it's gotta be a rough tempo.
0: I mean, you're filming what's arguably the most high-profile spy movie of a franchise Ever. in existence. Absolutely yeah. running him ragged. And I mean, I'm sure they've run out of source material at this point. So
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But I'm interested to see how this next one goes, and then to see if they can lead up to linking Idris Elba Bond for one movie. That's all I want. I mean, one movie of Idris Elba Bond. Come on, man.
1: Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that was a weird controversy.
0: I don't understand it, man. He admitted Idris Elba is an amazing actor and will be a great Bond, and I know this conversation can go other ways, so we're going to end it there
1: no I, I agree with you there i think he, i think he'd be a good bond i think he's he's got the he's got the vocal tones for it he's got he's very suave i, th- I think he could totally do it but if you
0: yeah i mean if you've seen anything he's acted in outside of a marvel movie
1: right exactly
0: you you know he would be a great bond i mean luther is an amazing series that's what introduced me to him as an actor it's a great series so so i guess my final thing i wanted to talk about this week um and this is something that's been kind of in current events lately um and the only reason i bring it up and this may not even make it into the final cut of the episode we'll see um and we've toyed with talking about this idea before but with the current delay and everything i want to to take a moment to talk about tiktok
1: oh god so
0: tiktok is under fire for being a Chinese agency here in the US and is in danger of being banned. The only reason we're even gonna talk about it is TikTok is technology. And the blatant overreach to ban an app that they're fearing is spying on them without conclusive proof that it is, I mean, that sets a dangerous precedent.
1: Well, I mean then but then Oracle and Walmart are buying it, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but apparently that's delayed. And a judge recently ruled an injunction against it being banned because it was supposed to be banned as of the 27th of September. You weren't allowed to download it anymore. But you yeah, that can- I
1: remember. Yeah, but that, still- I, that can- I remember. And I saw the article today about the judge.
0: Yes. So what we're looking at this is that a company is being forced to sell off a, a branch of it to do business here because of its ties to another government. But no, I guess the the, the thing I, I look at this as saying is if we're going to be able to ban them for being basically reporting to Tencent, which is a Chinese company, has to report data and findings to the Chinese government, is that any different than us using Facebook here and that that information being trafficked and filtered by the NSA? Is it because we're not collecting the data for ourselves that it's a problem?
1: Well, remember, man, we you know with uh, and and to our dear listeners, the, this particular show is an apolitical show, even though we are not apolitical people. Um, you know but in the interest of of trying to have the discussion on technology um you know unfortunately it tends to typically be the perspective of people in power for instance i won't i won't i won't indict anyone specifically or any group specifically but usually it's this concept of freedom for me and not for thee so it's like you know it's it's totally cool that like you know We do certain things. It's not cool when other people do things. So, like, for the sake of historical perspective, like, it's not cool, you know, when people commit genocides overseas. But, like, it's totally cool for us to, like, you know, move natives off of their land and perpetuate a genocide of, like, you know, 200 million people over the course of 100 years and then, you know, force them into reservations. And then yeah, it, like, you it, know, and and kill their culture. Like, you see, so it's like this freedom for me, not for thee thing. And like it's still like these are these are issues that are, are that continue to be perpetuated. And so like we're we're still, you know, in in that vein, it's like the US government like, oh well it's totally benevolent when we use the Patriot Act to spy on people. It's it's not at all when China uses their, you know, their equivalent version of their laws and, and surveillance programs to do the same.
0: And that's exactly what it seems is it's almost like since we're not the ones getting the data, you can't have it, which really goes to show exactly what we look at and value for these companies value when it comes in the eyes of our of the government is that they just want the data that they're collecting from, you know, that's why we're getting that's why you get targeted ads for Paw Patrol because you have a two year old at home.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, also to as far as TikTok is concerned is something I find interesting and granted like. I understand there's deeper data that that the app I'm sure is accessing regarding like your phone and and you know data metrics and things like that but I mean I I haven't seen anything nefarious on TikTok like it's it's mostly like yeah there's definitely community stuff on there and like there's different things but it's like not it's not like people are posting like you know social security numbers or, or or any kind of craziness on there. like the worst thing i heard about that re- that was on tiktok recently was a guy killed himself on it And i'm like great how many people yeah. have killed themselves on facebook or on twitter or on some other fucking live stream like so i mean we can't exactly. even we can't even really say with any we can't even really say definitively that it's it's specifically the app it's like you know i can go on facebook live and hang myself it doesn't mean that you know it's, it's and it'll go viral it's the same thing on instagram well and know? that's the
0: thing. Well, we're in the age of instant of instant communication, instant gratification. Instead of things that, you know, and people are going to give things like that clicks, no matter what site it's on. So sure. it's not indicative of the content that's on there. Absolutely. Because the content that's on TikTok gets shared to, to places like Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and Absolutely. You know, Instagram and all of these things out there. And it's much like Vine used to be back in the day. All of those people are migrating over to TikTok. And it's just one thing after another. And here we are seeing it now that, because the government doesn't have their hand in the pie, they want to ban it.
1: That's my takeaway. Well, it's always how it works with, you know, with with our government specifically, you know, but I think all governments to an extent. Yeah, if they don't if they don't get to have their hand in it, they don't get to have their say or their control. If they're not if they're not if they can't get their pound of flesh out of it, then then you know they're they're not happy about it.
0: Well, and it's unfortunate because some people have become their career of an influencer or like a YouTube star or an Instagram model. There are TikTok performers. This is their career. Yeah, yeah. There, and I mean, it, and, it, and in this day and age, you know, I sit there and say that, and there was a time where I would have said that isn't a real job. But I'm sitting here making a podcast.
1: I mean, yes and no. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean to diminish what they do. I know yeah. that some people certainly put effort and work into it. But I mean, I see a lot of like, I see a lot of TikTok stuff, and and I find that, like, for instance, this is this is a conversation I'd had where with with someone where it's like they they created a cash app account specifically for um their tiktok and and uh, and another associated account and it's kind of like why do you have a cash app thing on your on on your tiktok and it's like oh well just in case people want to send me money and it's like and then you look at what they're talking about and i'm like nobody like why would anyone fucking send you money just for the talking about the shit you talk about like you're not producing you're not producing substantive content like you're just talking so i guess this is a bad time for me to announce our patreon program Right. Well, no, that's different, though, because for a Patreon for a Patreon for a podcast is different because podcasts actually take some real time to produce. And this here and herein lies the difference. So for TikTok, like, yes, there are a couple of people who put out like some substantive material, things like life hacks, things like cooking stuff uh, where they, they do consistent performances. You know, um, podcasting is something different because podcasting takes a lot of time and effort to plan things out. You know, I mean, you know, for one for this one that we work on and then my upcoming project that's that's coming out, you know, is going to be a lot more labor intensive. And there's the there's a lot of equipment that's involved. There's microphones. There's, the, you know, different soundproofing. You know, so there are, there are steps that need to be taken. So as, as in regards to doing the podcasting, like there's there's more to it, especially when you see other podcasts where there's, again, more substantive material. Some people are historians. Some people are lawyers. Some people are doctors and they're doing it as a means of of. Being able to disseminate what otherwise would be fairly expensive information for free. Absolutely. You know, and so, and so as a means of, as a means of thanks or as a means of, you know, giving some form of, of gratuity for that, it's like, yeah, like people wanna, people wanna, you know, have a, have a Patreon and they wanna, they wanna try and contribute because that information is valuable. And I'm not saying that what people do on TikTok isn't valuable, um, to, to a certain extent, but I think that, I think that 90% of the shit you see on TikTok is fucking garbage and it's just like, it's and and it's it, you know ninety percent of these content creators are just insecure people who need validation and attention and and they don't have anything substantial to really provide. They just it's it's kind of like it's it's like some mix between Instagram and Twitter, you know, where the, 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 as far as I'm concerned, that's what I see a lot of.
0: Well, and it kind of is in a sense because it's micro videos that are uploaded instantly into a feed. So it's kind of like a good mix of Twitter and Instagram. They're not, e- they're not even micro. You can freaking you can upload like a twelve minute fucking video. Oh, jeez, wow. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know that I don't. I personally do not go in and am I'm, and I'm not involved in the world of TikToks.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm I'm loosely involved. I've 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 got an account, and I've definitely made it a point to create some distance between me and my TikTok for personal reasons. You know, like it's a. It, there's, there's a lot of shit on there. Like there's a lot of funny stuff and there's a lot of cool stuff, but like, you know, for the most part, like this is, it's kind of like my issue. Like I don't, I don't take issue per se with people like trying to monetize their TikTok. But again, like most of the stuff people put on TikTok doesn't require any real pre-planning or extra work. It's just like, you know, someone took 10 minutes to make a joke and then, and, and film a couple things. And like, there's that. And it's like, I don't know how much money you're expecting to get from your followers because you, you haven't, shown that you need it like nobody monetized their vines no vine was very much not monetized now i mean back with vine to be fair
0: patreon wasn't quite what it is and we didn't have only fans yeah <laughs>
1: that's a that's a whole nother oh my god only fans that's a whole nother topic
0: <laughs> coming soon pod thing only fans let's go
1: twerk <laughs> <laughs> twerk twerk twerk
0: twerk 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 oh my god dude i don't know but in a world where TikTok can be banned, I guess, I guess 2020 truly means that nothing's off the
1: table. Uh, I, I guess so, man. Uh, look, you know, for, for all we know, the giant meteor is still an option. Here's to hoping. Yeah, here's, he, really, here's to hoping.
0: Um, I guess before we close, I, have,
1: I do want to
0: take a moment, because you weren't on the last episode when there was the news of the passing of um, Black Panther actor and all around great guy, Chadwick Boseman. I didn't know if you had any thoughts yes. you wanted to share with, with the listening audience since you weren't here for that one.
1: Um, I was really saddened to hear it. You know, I have a lot of respect for the fact that the man was suffering through cancer while filming and, and still doing all of it. And, and, you know, really must have been in a lot of pain from everything I've, I've heard and read about him as far as his personality as, as an individual, uh, as, a, as a private person, not just as a, as a Hollywood personality. Uh, you know, everything is just super positive. I heard was an incredible person. Uh, I mean, of course, we as we as lay people, as as the little people down here at the bottom, don't know celebrities personally. But um, everything I've seen says he had a really great character about him, uh, I've seen the picture from like visiting kids in the hospital that also had cancer, you know, and and you know being able to like see that, and I mean, it just, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 really sad and it's disheartening, especially because he was so young, he was very fit. I don't, I don't know if I have it in a sense of like commentary. I, 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 in my personal life, I've definitely had a couple of, um, some, some perspective changes and emotional shifts recently, you know, but what, a lot of what I heard of was like, he didn't tell anybody, you know, he kinda, he kinda suffered through that alone, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure his closest family members and whatnot knew, but like, you know, I, I feel like, and not, not as a matter of like putting your business out to Hollywood or on the news, you know? Um and again maybe maybe I'm just misinterpreting uh, because again maybe I'm sure his family and friends knew and he didn't and it was just you know the news and the the public in general that wasn't aware that he had cancer. I mean I, I it's I think it's it's admirable that he showed a lot of strength in, in suffering through a lot of those treatments and a lot of the the sickness alone. Uh, if 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 he did indeed tell family and friends, then he wasn't alone because he had the support he needed from his structure, you know, his personal structure. But I've learned, I've learned very recently that in in our most difficult times, we don't need to do things alone, uh, despite our pride, despite what we think. But yeah, in regards to the tragedy, I mean, like, yeah, it was a real loss. He's a really incredible actor, and again, from what I've heard, just an incredible person.
0: He leaves behind a body of work that I think we recommend movies last time with Mr. Junkie on the cast, and once again, reaching back on to that episode as well. Another thank you to Mr. Junkie for stepping in at the at the last moment to kind of wax nostalgic with us and chat ears off about wrestling for the last hour of it but i think on that note i do believe that is all we have this week all right well then so i guess until the next one